welcome to the Hawaii Catholic Herald's podcast. I'm Anna Weaver, the Associate Editor of the Hawaii Catholic Herald, and today I'm joined by the Diocese of Honolulu's Vicar General, Monsignor Gary Secor. So welcome, Monsignor Secor. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Anna. Yeah. Um, we are both in Kailua right now, but we're doing like a cross Kailua Zoom here. So um, have, do you want to maybe start a little bit with um, your own background of growing up here on the Wimmerd side and how you oh, um, sure. were influenced to become a priest? Sure. Well, I'm actually uh, currently uh, the bishop allows me to live with my mom. Uh, so I work from here and I sometimes work in my office downtown. Uh, the reason I mentioned that is because uh, the property where uh, my mom's house is, and mm -hmm. that's uh, the property that my mom's parents owned, uh, and my mom lived at when she was a teenager, I think, actually. Um, and then when we first came to Hawaii, uh, I was born in California, and that was because my mom was going to school there, and she met my dad at a small business college uh, off of Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley. and. Uh, they got married on the mainland and I came along and then uh, when I was four months old, uh, they moved here because my mom uh, and my, my my grandfather actually wanted his grandson back here. So he engineered a job interview for my dad with the little advertiser where my dad worked for over 40 years at selling advertising eventually. But anyway, we lived across the street from my grandparents. So we lived in Lanikai and then we moved to Enchanted Lakes. I was about nine or 10 years old. Um, they, uh, when they first opened in Shadow Lakes, we had, we bought a house right across the street from the original Joe Powell in Shadow Lakes model homes. <laughs> so we're at the very beginning of a Shadow Lakes. And we, and my family lived there for over 40 years also. So that's how I ended up um, being associated with St. John Vianney Church. Actually, I uh, was an altar boy at St. Anthony's where I was in grade school from kindergarten. And um, then uh, when they opened the new church in Enchanted Lakes at St. John Vianney, the altar boys that lived in the new church's territory sort of automatically transferred to the new church. And so that's how I ended up serving the opening mass of the church. And I was probably about 10 or 11, I think. And uh, I guess something must have triggered inside of me because after that, I started hanging around the church, um, you know, uh, I'm sure at first the founding pastor must have wondered who is this kid hanging around the church. Um, but anyway, I did. Um, I, I often tell people the way I survived having, I have three sisters, I'm the only boy. <laughs> the way I survived having three sisters is number one, I was the oldest, so that helped, uh, uh, you know, of, our, of all of our siblings. And the second reason I survived having three sisters is I escaped to the church at an early age. So I, I really lived up at the church practically. I. I, um, after school, I'd be up there helping out and summer times I'd be had my summer job there, uh, through, through high school, pretty much. Uh, so I was exposed a lot to the priests and the church. And, uh, so by the time I was a junior in high school, I was pretty sure I wanted to, uh, go to the seminary, I, if even before that, but, but I also had other interesting things that I did in high school. Like, uh, I was interested in the civil air patrol, uh, and I was able to um, learn to fly single engine aircraft through them. Uh, when I was a junior in high school, I got a private pilot's license. And the year before that, actually, I I soloed in a 
on a glider or something on a Dillingham airfield when I was in high school, 15 years old. So um, those are interesting experiences. And so um, I'm not, I haven't flown by myself at all since high school. I've been up with parishioners a few times and taken yeah. the controls. Uh, you go on those small not, little not planes, small planes yep. to call a papa, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the little, little six, I've been on those. five seaters. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've been on those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So that, that's so I went to seminary after high school. I went to Marino High School, graduated in 1969, and then went on to the seminary. Uh, and at that time, we had a seminary at St. Stephen's. We were living there for our uh, residents and mass and meals and whatnot. And then we had our classes at Chaminade University. So I. I went to Chaminade and St. Stephen's and then uh, and then graduated from Chaminade in, in 1973. I'm a classmate of Monsignor Terry Watanabe. So yes. uh, he and I traveled to California in September 1973 to start at St. Patrick's Seminary. And uh, guess who met us at the airport when we arrived on the overnight flight from Honolulu? Uh, Larry Silva. Nice. <laughs> he was... Uh, Two years ahead of us in the seminary, he was part of the welcoming committee. And also because he had a Hawaii connection, he, uh, I think, wanted to meet us at the airport. I didn't know him before then, but that's when I first met him. Because the bishop was born in Hawaii, though he moved to the mainland as a... Right. He's young. kind of the opposite of me. He was okay. born in, in, in the Bay Area and raised in Hawaii. I mean, born in born in Hawaii and raised in the Bay Area. And I was born in the Bay Area and raised in Hawaii. Yeah, okay. And um, when I did the story on you um, back in March 2021, I learned a funny nickname that you and Monsignor Watanabe were named. Do you do you remember that? That you were one thing. Oh yeah, we we well <laughs> yes yes. Actually, it was um, me and then Nathan Mamo, uh, who was a seminary with us. Uh, we the two of us were gloom and doom, and then. Uh, Terry, Monsignor Terry, and there was another uh, seminarian who was who was a priest of our diocese for a while, Richard Taylor. They were friends. They were called Goodwill and Cheer. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> we were gloom and doom. And, they, and that's not because we were gloom and doom, but... You were more serious. To, uh, yeah. Yes, okay. In comparison to Terry and Richard. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. Well, I was going to ask you, and I didn't ask you in the story, um, did you ever consider being mm -hmm. a religious order priest? And you know, maybe being assigned outside of Hawaii. No, no, I pretty much knew I wanted to be in Hawaii, um, you know, close to my family and be able to serve here. Yeah, I mean, I thought because I had that experience with Civil Air Patrol and a little bit with the Air Force, I thought maybe a be of being a chaplain at one point, but um, not a real serious consideration. Okay. Yeah. You've been here uh, for all uh, 45 years of your priesthood, and that's you just marked yep. 45 years, right, at St. John Vianney. Correct. So that was nice. Yes, um, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, did you ever think that you'd end up in your role as vicar general? And uh, can you explain a little bit about what you do in that job? Sure. Well, um, I didn't. I mean, I thought it might be possible, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of took on this responsibility somewhat suddenly when um, the previous vicar general left sort of abruptly, not only the position, but the priesthood. Yeah. Um, I mean, left active ministry, uh, Mark Alexander. 
And you had been a vocations or clergy director as well. So you'd been in some chancery work. Yeah, I had, I'd worked in the chancery. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I, I was a vocation director. I was the uh, vicar for clergy and uh, pastor of several places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the vicar general, basically, vicar is someone who acts on behalf of the bishop. Uh, most people are familiar with uh, vicar for reigns, which means that there are priests in each of the sections of the diocese vicariates who uh, sort of, in a, in a way, represent the bishop in that vicariate. Honolulu, West Honolulu, Windward Vicariate. They all have vicars. They're called vicar for reigns. Okay. And then the vicar general, I, I represent the bishop more generally. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, um, it's, a, it's a position in canon law. There, there is, you know, there's certain, you have certain responsibilities and duties privileges of the vicar general which are sort of part of what is in canon law so i represent the bishop more generally um yeah so that doesn't mean that um i can do anything apart from the bishop because if there's no bishop there's no vicars in fact yeah. um i was a vicar for clergy when bishop de lorenzo was transferred to richmond okay. and at that time uh, father tom gross took over as the administrator of the diocese but he wasn't a bishop Okay. And when he took over as the administrator, I continued to do clergy personnel work, but I was called the delegate for clergy, okay. not the vicar anymore. Interesting. You can't have a vicar without a bishop. Yeah. Okay. So vicar general, um, I, I do, you know, I, 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 I joke when I tell people, what does the vicar general do? I tell them, well, whatever the bishop wants me to do, Yeah. you know, which is <laughs> to a large extent true. Um, but basically I represent him in various ways. and. Um, also, uh, he's given me the response or the delegation of have, being able to confirm so I can confirm. Uh, and then uh, because I'm a vicar general, uh, if, like if I, I can do a marriage in any parish without the delegation of the, of the pastor, usually if you come into a parish, it's not your parish as a priest, you're going to do a wedding. It's very important you receive the delegation of the pastor. It actually affects the validity of the wedding okay. um, legally. Yeah, I'm a church legal, church law, but mm -hmm. I'm a vicar general, so I can do weddings anywhere. Okay. Delegation. I'm general. Oh. I have general delegation basically because okay. I'm the vicar general. Extra uh, power. So then, yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but then also I'm a moderator of the curia. So, but that's a separate, uh, a separate thing. It's not necessarily always associated with being a vicar general, although a lot of times it is. The moderator of the curia, I'm sort of like. Uh, I hope to oversee, help to oversee the departments of the diocese. Yeah, the curia are the various diocesan departments. That's okay. what the curia is, like the business office, the Catholic Herald. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the tribunal office. Uh, all those, and I sort of, I help to oversee those offices. And some of the folks report more to me than to the bishop. Some report to the bishop and to me. It varies. And the bishop's pretty has pretty much an open door policy, but. Um, I sort of help him kind of administer those Dawson departments, yeah, and convene, convene meetings of the department heads and those sort of things. So that's okay. what the moderator of the Curia does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fancy so name. And if you were going to use, if you're going to use the corporate model, mm -hmm. uh, and actually we have a corporation, the Roman Catholic Church of the State of Hawaii, um, we have a corporation, uh, legal corporation, and I'm the vice president of the corporation, the bishop's okay. president. And then um, also 
another way of looking at it is the bishop's the CEO and I'm the chief COO. I'm the chief okay. operating officer. He's, right. the, he's the chief executive officer, CEO. Okay. So it's a good way yeah. of explaining it. I, yeah. So I, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my, uh, my work is advising the bishop um, on things. He asks my advice on a lot of things. I'm pretty much in the loop on most things that he's working on and dealing with. And so he asks my advice. And then I'm on a lot of committees that he's on with other people to help advise him. He has a lot of lay advisors. He, um, you know, one of the big uh, efforts now, of course, under Pope Francis, especially is what we call synodality. Huh? And um, synodality really is referring to, you know, who has a say, right? Who has a say in what happens in the church? And of course, the idea of synodality is the more and more, the more people you can get to have a say, and the more people you listen to, even if they're not necessarily ultimately making the decision, but um, the more people you can listen to and they can have a say, the better, yeah? Mm -hmm. So um, I would say the bishop practices that for a long time already because we have numerous lay people, including a lot of women uh, who are on our committees who are, even work for us in the diocese, mm -hmm. like you. So mm -hmm. um, we have a lot. So I think we have, I think we've been practicing that, but always, always we can be better, of course. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why. Then I also, uh, I'm the, I'm the primary check signer. <laughs> I sign okay. a lot of checks and, and mm -hmm. then uh, I sign a lot of documents on behalf of the diocese. Uh, Mm -hmm. Certain documents I can't sign, uh, but most most documents I can sign on okay. behalf of the diocese. Yeah. Um, well, thank goodness for DocuSign. Yes. Uh, yeah, especially when we had COVID. I'm sure lots of people are thankful yeah. for the increase of digital signing. So, yeah. Yep. Well, um, so obviously you've known Bishop Silva since seminary. Um, can you kind of, I mean, you've described him a little bit as bishop, but maybe describe his style as a bishop. Um, what sure. makes him a good bishop? Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, he's very, he's very pastorally parish oriented. You know, there are different, you could say, paths to being a bishop. I suppose a lot of people end up being bishops after having worked a lot of, a lot in the chancery, you know, um, bishop. Silva didn't really work that much in the chancery during his priesthood. At the beginning, he was vocation director for several years. And then at, before he became a bishop, he was vicar general for several years in the Diocese of Oakland. Other than that, he was a pastor. And he was pastor of mostly poorer parishes, not, not the fancy, um, well-to-do places <laughs> in the Diocese of Oakland, generally. So mm -hmm. he really... I think um, has a sense of um, the people and the parishes and and the, and the par and what a parish priest does and what what his needs are, which is mm -hmm. great because um, that really helps a lot for him to identify and bond with the priests in our diocese. You know, because he's mm -hmm. been a pastor himself for so many years, and he is a pastor, of course, the chief pastor now, yeah. chief shepherd as a bishop. So, so he's very pastoral in that respect. Um, I would say he's he's on the conservative side, but he's not he's not rigidly conservative. Um, mm -hmm. He's actually very open to discussing things and ideas, uh, but you know he very much um, has the same mind as the church does. 
mm-hmm. about things and um, it respects the traditions of the church in a very good way. So that's why we get along. Yeah. He and I, <laughs> you know, because I'm kind of on the same, on the same track. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about how the diocese has changed since you first became a priest? Um, there are fewer priests, but I don't want to maybe talk to you about how is the diocese handling that, um, having fewer vocations? Yeah, well, we've been through different stages. Um, and I guess one of the biggest uh, uh, changes during a, a good part of my priesthood was there was a real dearth of local vocations, not, not too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Bishop Silva came, we've had more. I think, we, you know, we, he really, uh, I think revitalized the uh, the vocation effort in the diocese as far as vocation to the priesthood and so um Dawson priesthood so we've had more uh, vocations which is great uh at the same time you know we don't have enough vocations to staff our parishes so uh one of the other changes that has really been going on for a while even before bishop Silva, is you know getting priests from other places a lot of them from the philippines to uh help to staff our parishes most of them are unknown to us for varying lengths of time. And that was necessary because not only do we not have that many Dawson priests but um, of our diocese, but also the religious orders were cutting back in terms of their numbers and ability to staff places too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Zaker Our Fathers, of course, were the founding missionaries. And they've now they've had a sort of a sort of a little renaissance of vocations in the last few years too. They've been getting some new vocations but um yeah we but, just had a story about um six deacons that will be ordained right. this coming year including right. one that's from hawaii yeah. originally oh that's, that's great. great that's great yeah yeah so the, so the priests from the philippines have been a great blessing to us other places too that we have priests from other places but africa india but the philippines a large part from the philippines and it, and it works well because um i think the largest ethnic group in the Catholic Church or Filipino here locally, mm-hmm. you know, percentage-wise, uh, so that helps because the, the, the local faithful can identify with their priest, and uh, even even their priests have relatives here, cousins and whatnot, you know. So that's all worked out pretty well, I think. And some of them have asked to stay on longer and ended mm-hmm. up, you know, joining our diocese too. Mm-hmm. And that's been a great blessing too. But that's that's something that's developed over time. Certainly, when I was first ordained. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that many priests from the Philippines at all. Yeah. Well, I wanted to finish this maybe with like a, a quick round of favorite things. So, you know, maybe oh, we could okay. start oh, with it. We'll start with easy, like favorite food. <laughs> favorite food, pasta. I love Italian food. Okay. Um, I mean, I, different, different. Yeah, pretty much all of Italian food I, I pretty much like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite restaurant then? Favorite restaurant? Uh, hmm. uh, I like I like uh, Ant- Antipastos. Uh, oh, yeah. They're on on, on Pensacola and mm-hmm. and, um, and Veritania. I like yeah, that that's simple a, that's place. A good one. Like, Asajos is good too. Oh yes, Asajos, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. Favorite beverage. <laughs> favorite beverage are you are you talking about alcoholic beverage or oh, i was gonna say coffee i thought beverage. you you run on coffee but oh, you, yeah, could, you could yeah. say both I so like a yes lot of <laughs> i like a lot of coffee yes. okay and i i occasionally like scotch oh nice okay 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like, I, I do like coffee. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Besides Oahu, do you have a favorite island, or do you know? I don't want to share your preference because the other islands. I, will I use. think I like the big. I, I like the Big Island. Uh, okay. I've been there a number of times and helped uh, helped out at parishes there, and um, I like the Big Island. It's like I, I like the rural nature of it, and you know the big expanses, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And you do get to travel a bit because you also do confirmations. Uh, if the bishop do. can't do yeah. all of them, right? So that's another yes, thing that you would travel. I do. I, okay. And, and different other things. I was in Maui uh, on Saturday evening for the 62nd anniversary of St. Teresa's in Kihei and the okay. feast of uh, St. Teresa, uh, Teresa Lasu. That okay. was very nice. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice. Um, that's a good segue. Favorite saint? Favorite saint. Um, St. John Vianney is a is a favorite, you know, because mm -hmm. of my association with the parish. And mm -hmm. John Henry Cardinal, John Newman, John Henry Newman. Okay. Yeah. How about one more favorite that you want to list out of all your favorites? I like documentaries. I like, uh, <laughs> I, I watch, t I, when I watch on TV, I like to watch TV documentaries. Actually, if talking about drama TV, I'm probably a, a law and order um, ah. aficionado. Okay. There's so many versions of it. I like Law and Order. Um, Did you watch? But, you're watching uh, the new Harris. revival, the return of the original Law and Order. I don't. I don't like the, the the organized crime one. I don't like okay. so much. But um, yeah, if it's the original ones, I like those. Yeah, I mean, I really. My dad. My dad. Actually, my dad started me on that because he used to like to watch them when, when I would be home visiting. We would be watching Law and Order. So okay. Now I've <laughs> now I've gotten into it. <laughs> Okay. And there's no lack of it. <laughs> oh yeah, they they one order will go on forever, right? So, um, yeah. uh, how about a favorite documentary you've watched recently that stands out to you? I like to watch documentaries about World War II. It's very fascinating, um, and uh, it's interesting because, not to get political, but some of the things that, <laughs> that were happening in in Germany, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. just well the whole um neo-fascist kind of approach to things that worries me in some respects you know mm -hmm. uh, about about our politics but anyway uh but i like i like to watch documentaries about world war ii yeah they're fascinating okay. it's really interesting to watch especially ones that kind of focus on the lead up to the war and the culture and why things happen the way they happen it's very interesting yeah um, well, those were all the specific questions I had, but is there anything else that you'd want to share with the podcast listeners that you feel would no, help them no. get to know you better? Um, <laughs> no, I just, uh, I'm, you know, I've been a priest for 45 years and I really enjoy it. Um, I've been so blessed in many ways. And, um, you know, even now at, at this time in my life when uh, I, I never thought I'd be a kid for my mom, uh, in the way that I am, but thank God that I'm able to do that. And the bishop allows me to to do that, you know, and do some of my work from home and, mm -hmm. and live here with my mom. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really been a great blessing too. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a great life. Uh, I really always try to encourage people who are are thinking that God might be calling them not to uh, not to ignore that because uh, you get to meet so many people uh in so many situations it's wonderful 
And my favorite place aside from Hawaii is Rome. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've been I've been able to go there a number of times. I think I've been about there about four times at least now. And the last time was right before yeah. the pandemic hit, right? You went in was Bishop, it February? Bishop Larry and I were there. Yeah. Yeah, January end of January, beginning of February. We okay. got back just to the nick of time. It was <laughs> yeah. good timing on your part. Yeah. So yes. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> Oh, great. Yeah, well, thanks, Anna, though, for this opportunity. Appreciate yeah, it. thanks for making time. And um, we'll tell our listeners that there will be another podcast in two weeks. <laughs>